Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. It is Tuesday night, and you are here with the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We got one heck of a show lined up for you tonight. But uh, before we get started here, let's go ahead and bring in the, my co-host for the night. I am Hardcore Haas, and my co-host for the night is the one, the only, the Night Owl, Renee Martinez. How you doing, Night Owl? <laughs> que pasa, que pasa, que pasa. Loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, welcome into episode 365 of the WTP. Double H, I am doing great, brother. It is good to see you. What the hell is new on your side of this fabulous, beautiful, wonderful, amazing country known as America, damn it? Uh, you know what? I Hold on. I forgot one thing when I introduced you. <laughs> You had to go do it, huh? Whenever you do the Mexican yell, you know what that prompts me to do? Almost subconsciously? To crack open an ice-cold beer and pour it into the illustrious WrestleTalk podcast mug. That's what it makes me want to do whenever you play that, Hoss. Well, you know, it is that time, my man. It is indeed, bro. Well, you know what? I'm excited for today's show. I know you're excited for today's show. How have you been? How's the cat doing, bro? I know you had a little bit of a cat emergency earlier in the week or late last week how's the kitty cat recovering uh unfortunately we had to put the uh cat down unfortunately uh we believe that it had gotten hit by a car and uh its injuries were just too bad it was gonna have no quality of life so outside cat uh indoor and outdoor sorry to hear that bro how long did you have her about uh 13, 14 years. Wow. That's rare for like an elder statesman cat to get hit by a car. Cause you know, they kind of, their cats are smarter than dogs. They're terrible pets in my opinion, but it's unlikely for a cat to get hit by a car. It's far more likely for it to happen to a dog, but either way, bro, super duper. Sorry for your loss, man. Uh, I appreciate it. No doubt about it. Well, you know what, brother? It is about that time because during tonight's episode, we're going to get a unique opportunity to talk to many, many of the members of the WrestleTalk family. You know why that is, John? Because we only have one featured guest this evening, and I think it's appropriate because there is so much pro wrestling to cover that if we had two guests, we would be limiting ourselves. So this pretty much opens up the door to the members of the WrestleTalk family who want to join us here tonight. And it's really easy to do that, Hardcore Hoss. Why don't you tell the folks what they have to do if they want to be a part of tonight's broadcast? If you want to be part of tonight's show, just hit up myself or hit up the Night Owl. Either one, just let us know you want to come on uh, or put it in the comments. And we can shoot you a link to bring you on. Just make sure you got yourself a good internet connection there so that you're you're not lagging and everything. And... Uh, Preferably a pair of headphones so that we don't get an echo, and uh, we'll bring you right on, and you can chat with us. The most important thing is good connection, pair of headphones, a quiet place, and a strong take. You don't even have to talk about the stuff that we want to talk about. You can talk about what you want to talk about. 
Just make sure you bring the heat. That's the number one rule when it comes to joining in on the broadcast because you know what? Here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, hate us or love us, we always got strong takes. Right, Hoss? As always. But before we uh, before we get going too far here, let's get this thing started off right here with our Wrestle Talk podcast intro. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Gosh, why is our intro so awesome? I love it so much. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Here's what people don't know. That is done by a professional. Hank Hudson has been doing voiceover work for over 30 years in the world of television and radio. And to get a guy like that to do our introduction is such a blessing, bro. And guess what, Hoss? I've been working. I've been tinkering. Hopefully, by next week, we will have a video package to accompany that epic intro. What do you think about that? Oh, that would be absolutely awesome, I tell you. I agree with you, bro. Well, you know what else? I want to remind everybody that if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. All you got to do is drop a comment. We'll shoot you the link, and you can join us on the show. That's all you got to do, Wrestle Talk fam. Let us know. We'll bring you on just again. Have a strong take, or if not, you're getting the backhand in the boot. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple, man, because we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. Well, um, let's do this. Let's get into the anthem. We'll come back with the sponsors, and then, boom, we'll get right into tonight's edition of the High Spot segment. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Well, before I do the introduction for the world-famous Talk Podcast National Anthem, I also want to acknowledge that today we have a very special guest, a guy that I happen to work for, but I was a fan of before I started working for him, making his first public appearance as owner of XWE at our last event, which is an extraordinary event. It was called XWE Shockwave, sold the place out, as always. Billy Simmons joins the show. And we're going to talk about Shockwave, but we're really going to talk about him making my dreams come true. And let me tell you how, how Hoss, and no, not a lifetime unlimited uh, um, uh, un, uh, lifetime unlimited supply of tacos and beer. No, it's not that. In a few weeks, I'm going to get to call my first ever steel cage match. And I've wanted to call a steel cage match my whole career. So at the end of October at Haunted Havoc, the Night Owl, the voice of XWE, is going to have the opportunity to do that, bro. I could not be more elated. We got that and a bunch of other stuff, stuff that we want to cover with Billy Simmons. But, bro, I cannot wait. 
till about 8.15 this evening Central Time as we talk to the owner of XWE, who also happens to be a co-founder of the Kansas Wrestling Alliance. So it's going to be absolutely incredible. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to ask you all to respectfully remove your caps, place your hands over your hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. time i tell you i was hoping he would make it but you know <laughs> okay we already talked about the cat um and he wasn't sleeping he was emotionally invested into the national anthem get with the program hardcore sis come on now we know you're a little slow but you got to try to keep up okay <laughs> well the cat she's talking about is actually a different cat so <laughs> okay my bad i i well Okay. Well, thanks for backing me up on that one, Hoss. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Got him. Got him. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know how we do, baby. The action keeps on moving right here on episode 365 of the WTP. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to all the wonderful sponsors. My check, my check. Whoa. Sorry about that. It's okay. You got you got an itchy trigger for you tonight. No, no, no. We gotta give love and respect to all the beautiful sponsors of the Wrestle Talk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Starting with Jay Hollywood, Pat Milicic, our friends over there at Everything Combat, King Kate Arcade, the location of all of our fabulous watch parties our boy b will at esports bar kc interstate 70 sports media the maestro might be joining us here in a little bit the proprietor of the fwwc also royal mills transportation the one and only dewan mill shout out to him painter's dream production the home the founders of the wrestle talk podcast they manage and support everything we do over there on the website of course you guys probably saw it a little bit earlier rathbum engraving home of the Wrestle Talk podcast mug, which by the way, Hoss, I got a couple things that I'd like to give away today. I want to hear some strong takes. We got some stuff that we're going to want to cover. But if you think you got the gusto, if you got the huevos, amigos, let us know you want to come on. Bring the heat. The best person or the best caller or the best person to come on and join us will get to choose between a honky-tonk WWE action figure or your very own WrestleTalk podcast mug. I got the goods today. I want to know if the WrestleTalk family can match our energy and bring the goods on your end. Ooh, ooh, can I win? Can I win? No. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> I uh, hate to let you down, but no, you cannot be a contestant. But again, guys, Honky Talk Man action figure, WrestleTalk podcast mug on the line. If you guys want to come in and bring the hot take. And last but not least, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. More information on them over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, 
forward slash fantasy wrestling. Again, that's wrestletalkpodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Hardcore Hoss, you know what time it is, baby. Cue up our boy DJ Money because it's time for us to talk some wrestling on tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. High spot segment. Hit it. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. by Hank Hudson, esteemed and world-renowned voiceover artist, and we got a real-life rapper to do our High Spots intro, bro. We are not playing out here, Hoss. We are serious about this. That's right. That's That's right. right. (laughs) All right, Daddy, you know what time it is. I'm going to go ahead and let you bat first. Hardcore Hoss, what in the ever-loving wrestling world is on your mind tonight during the high spot segment, baby. I know you got something that the world has to hear. Well, you know, we might as well just jump right into the elephant in the room, the draft, my man. Everybody wants to talk about the draft, where people landed and the who was the winners, who was the losers. Uh, there, were, there were some surprise moves, and I, I think that uh, the draft went well overall. What's your thoughts on the draft? <laughs> that pretty much summarizes my thoughts, though. We do have a uh, an hour and 45 minutes left in today's show, so I think I have to expand upon that. Okay, so the first thing that I'm trying to understand, and no, this is not the shooting shot segment, though some people may think it is, based on some of the things I'm going to say. Did I misunderstand, but do we have two women's champions on Raw now? We got Charlotte, right? And we got Becky. Or did they swap? I believe they swap. Here, let me do this. Let me start by running down the list Please, of bro. who landed it's where. It's not, And then I have a list for you of the people that were omitted from the draft. People that a lot of folks, including myself, was like, where the hell are they? I, here, I don't get it, but go ahead. Let's run through it real quick. Here are your updated rosters. On Raw, we have WWE champion Big E. Bianca Belair, beautiful. Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro, okay. Edge, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. What a terrible tag team for the record. Just (laughs) personally, I hate it. I hate it. They've taken all credibility away from Rhea Ripley, in my opinion. And as a matter of fact, I've heard rumors, very reliable sources, that she's hoping and express interest in returning to NXT. If that doesn't tell you something, nothing will. Because NXT right now, if you ask our buddy Rick Ruby, uh, has been in better positions in the past. But please continue. We have uh, Keith Bearcat Lee, 
Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, Akira Tozawa, the Alpha Academy, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz, Dewdrop, Drake Maverick, John Morrison, Nia Jax, 24-7 champion Reggie, R-Truth, T-Bar, Zelina Vega, SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, United States Champion Damian Priest, AJ Styles and Omos, Kevin Owens, The Street Profits, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Gable Stevenson, Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, Jackson Riker, Veer, Liv Morgan, Maya, Maya Yim, Tamina, Tegan Knox, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander, and The Miz. Now, that's just the Raw. Okay, well, let me stop you right there and go on a side tangent. And we do see the comments, guys. If you want to come on, come on. Let us know. We want to hear your take. The comments are great, but we'd love to have you join us if the opportunity presents itself. Okay, so the first thing we want to address has nothing to do with the draft. It has to do with Keith Lee. And boy, oh boy, did Twitter have a ball when they found out that Keith Lee was going to be known as the Bearcat. And once again, everybody, without even doing their research, goes off the deep end. How could they change his name to the Bearcat? That sounds so ridiculous. It doesn't even make any sense. Well, folks, that's why the Wrestle Talk podcast exists. Because where you're unwilling to go out and do the work, the Wrestle Talk podcast will do that for you. And here's what I mean. Bearcat Wright. Edward M. Wright was an American professional wrestler who became popular in the 50s and 60s. Despite racial tension in the United States, he became widely popular as a babyface. So, I could keep reading but I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Keith Lee is trying to pay homage to a legend of the sport that has not gotten the recognition in history that he should have, and a lot of that having to do with the segregation of the 1950s and the 1960s. So if him changing his name to Bearcat, who was a bad mamma jamma, talk about guys you don't want to run to in a dark alley, Bearcat Wright was exactly that. I, for one, absolutely love it. The fact that some of these ignorant fans don't won't take the time to figure out what the reason is, I don't even really give a damn. But I'll tell you what, as long as the Wrestle Talk podcast exists, we're going to bring this kind of stuff to the forefront. And I personally love it. Because like when we had Chris Boulay on, who's the author of a, of a book, and I think he put together a movie that is still on Amazon and Netflix about women's wrestling in the early day in the early days uh, 20s 30s 40s and 50s and it's all african american women who wrestled so anybody who's putting light on some of these forgotten stars of the past hoss i'm 100 percent for it i know we got to talk about the draft but anybody who's shitting on the bearcat name you're welcome because you just got yourself an education that's why i always try to tell people when you watch the wrestle talk podcast grab a beer be ready to have a laugh, but make sure you bring your notebook. Damn it, Bearcat is badass, and props to Keith Lee for making that move. I'm guessing it was something that he chose to do versus it being handed to him, which is the argument people always try to make. Well, 
the creative. They just keep giving these guys horrible things. And then a lot of times you'll go back and listen to these guys talking. They go, no, that was kind of my idea. Like, y'all don't blame creative. That was, I came up with that. So Haas, before we continue with the draft, what do you think about this Bearcat thing? I know you love your wrestling history just like I do. Feel like I'm sitting under the learning tree with some of these people we get a chance to talk to. I think it's fantastic, bro, and I'd like to see more of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Whenever the uh, the younger guys decide to pay homage to people who came before them and, you know, made the sport what it is, I think that's a great thing, you know. I don't know why people are so against it other than they didn't take their time to learn who these people are or to figure out that that's what he's doing. They just say, oh, he changed his name? That That's stupid. But no, you know, he's paying homage. So Dude, learn, learn where your facts. Learn your facts. And if you're lazy, just watch the WrestleTalk podcast. We got you covered. All right. So you went over the whole list of the draft. Right off the bat, I need to know from the members of the WrestleTalk family whether you want you want to come on or you want to drop it in the comments section. Um, what did you guys think? Were there people on that list that you don't think should have been on there? Because here's what doesn't make sense to me, and it's going to be the most insignificant thing of all. Why draft the 24-7 champion? The 24-7 champion should be able to be spread throughout all of the company's programs, from WWE live events, to NXT, to SmackDown, to Raw. So now you're pigeonholing Reggie and the title to just one brand? I don't understand that. John, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the rundown of that list? Well, and, and along along the same lines, the women's champions, there's only one women's tag team championship. So they can go on either brand they want. So what's the point in drafting them when they can go on either brand? Well, <laughs> Again, just my opinions. Individually, they're very talented, but I just, they're trying to replicate the riddle Randy magic. And neither Nikki or Rhea have the charisma that, you know, that, that riddle or Randy have, in my opinion. But that's, I, I don't get it, Hoss. I mean, enlighten me, bro. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand the matching of those two either, honestly. Um, they, <laughs> It's something just out of left field, if you ask me, and makes absolutely no sense. And I don't think it's really enhancing the career for either of them, you know? So, well, I, I agree with you. <laughs> not a handy-dandy kind of but that's for Travis. <laughs> you know, we need to get Travis Cook back on here uh, because our buddy Aaron is always running him down, and I'm sure Travis Cook, who's, guy, who's a guy that's never short for words, would have more than a mouthful. As a matter of fact, maybe we need to set up an Aaron Wallace-Travis Cook debate. What do you think? We got the primaries coming up in 2022, so why we need to set that up. Somebody write that down. <laughs> I'll just grab my popcorn, and I'll just sit here and watch it happen because <laughs> somebody's going to get railroaded, but I'm not going to say who. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. <laughs> what? What? What, 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 the captain versus the night owl? Not uh, okay. No, because you're a legitimate badass who kicks people's <laughs> ass for fun, and I'm just a fat guy who loves tacos. No, 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 no. Now, if you want to like play Madden, I, I, <laughs> nah, bro, I ain't fight you, Captain. No way. Now, if you want to do a trivia challenge on the show, 
we could do that again sometime soon. So you already know, open invite. We love you, Captain Devin James. Much support to you. Yo, by the way, this dude not only is a badass MMAer, he's also like a big advocate for, um, you know, um, autism awareness. And, and just, just like DJ Money, man, just an incredible freaking guy in general. But uh, <laughs> will he need a drink or two? He, he's going to have a drink or two whether he needs it or not. You already know. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. All right. So what else stuck out to us from the raw side of the draft? Well, let me give you guys something that I thought was really interesting. I felt like um, the presentation of the draft was very awful. Uh, now, I really love Adam Pierce. I'm kind of so-so on Sonya Deville. But I felt like there was no real excitement. Um, they did this thing where they would go like to clips of the superstars uh, celebrating or kind of having a, a short reaction to them being drafted. Those were okay. But them coming up to the stage and doing it the way that they did, it was a little stale. I would have preferred for them to do it um, over like one night start to finish and only maybe do three rounds and then announce all the other draft picks afterward. Um, I also would have liked if the superstars would have been able to come up to the stage and said, Hey, you know, like in the NFL draft, like if you get drafted, you walk the stage, they give you the hat. They should like make SmackDown hats and raw hats and, and make it more like the NFL draft. And I'm not saying they should necessarily completely rip off the NFL, but the way that they did it just felt so uninspiring and, and I think they really did one person in particular a really, really huge disservice. And that is what I think is their most interesting um, draftee of the whole entire draft. And, and I'm referring to, of course, Monday Night Raw. And I'm talking about the 2020 gold medalist, Gable Stevenson. So with Gable, Haas, they actually cut to a camera that was in his house, similar to what they do in the NFL. But instead of it being like a house full of people with the family there, you know, everybody's kicking it, doing the whole damn thing, really putting energy into the room. Bro, it was basically him and his mom and his dad, which I love my mom and my dad. I love them to death. But if they wanted to give the illusion of this being a big deal, maybe they should have packed the room with a couple of more people. It just, you know, he got up, gave them a hug. It was it was nice, but there was no electricity. The draft picks didn't feel special. And here's how ridiculous it was. On night two, Haas, one of the superstars came out and said, hey, I'm going first overall whether you like it or not. So that delegitimized it even more than the presentation. And I'm like, dog, I'm like, y'all are saying bitch on TV now. Y'all are saying shit on TV now. So clearly you're playing to a more adult audience. Stop giving us this bullshit. I mean, pick a side. AEW doesn't struggle with what its identity is. They are who they are. They're playing to that crowd, the, the, the 25 to 40. Like, that's it. That's the only segment of fans that they really seem to give a damn about. And, and, and their product seems to be, I can't believe I'm saying this. It seems to be more concise and organized because they know who they're playing to. From segment to segment, WWE, it, sometimes it feels like a kindergarten thing. Sometimes, like, you make it feel super like Shayna Baszler breaking people's arms. 
You could go from a 24-7 championship comedy segment to Shayna breaking someone's arm. And there's no smooth transition for that, bro. I just, I'm having a hard time. The presentation, like I said, very talented people over there, especially Adam Pierce. I just don't. Hey, hey, I'm 37 and I bought a Pentagon. Okay, I'm, I'm getting judged. I feel like I'm getting judged. <laughs> <laughs> I bought Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, okay? That has special sentimental value to me. The first full-blooded Mexican tag team world champions in United States history. Uh, something that is a, a tremendous deal for me and, my, you know, obviously because of my heritage or whatever. But yes, 37-year-olds, 40-year-olds will still buy action figures. And we ain't ashamed of it, damn it. Right, Hoss? That's right. We buy championship belts, too, as you can see behind Hoss and other sorts of goofy action figures as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, I got some great news. Talking of terrible transitions. So guess who's already in the green room? He's not scheduled to come on for about 30 minutes or so. But ladies and gentlemen, the proprietor, I keep using that word, I like it, of XWE. And we're not only going to be talking Shockwave, which I was there for, and as you can see, my voice is still recovering. But we're going to talk about a 15-foot steel cage, which is on my bucket list, and he knows that, like, one day I, I I told him like probably the first day that we sat together I was like man one day I just want to call a steel cage match just if that if I croak right after I mean hopefully not right <laughs> but if we I, hope not <laughs> at least my wrestling life will be full circle but we'll be getting to Billy Simmons here shortly guys we want to continue the conversation with you because I am seeing a lot of hilarious comments in the comments section and Hoss I know I'm all over the place tonight bro I hope I'm making some good points here. But am I losing it as far as the presentation and and the timing wasn't there and it just didn't feel special or or am I just being a sour old goat? No, I I agree with you and you know I think that uh, each draft that goes by, I think they actually tends to be less and less special somehow, you know. And I think eventually, if they don't find a way to spice it up people are just not going to care. They'll say, oh, it's draft time again. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, and I, they got to figure out exactly how they want to uh, spice that up a little bit more. All right. Do you have any ideas of what and how they could have done things a little bit differently? I know we still got to get through the SmackDown draft, and we're not going to spend all night talking draft because I want to talk about the G1. I want to talk about MLW. By the way, speaking of MLW, they're going to Vice TV. And I'm going to tell you guys here in about 10 minutes what I think that spells for companies like NXT. It's going to be tricky over the next 18 to 24 months for NXT. And and I'll tell you guys here in about 10 minutes. But, bro, tomorrow we're interviewing Court Bauer, like the owner of MLW. Uh, myself and the maestro will be in the room, the Zoom room, and we're going to get to ask him some questions. We won't be able to broadcast it live based on their media department's uh, direction, but I'm going to kind of manuscript it, and we're going to come back to you guys next week with the answers that we got straight from the mouth of the man. Speaking of guys that are the man, like Billy Simmons, dude, Court Bauer is going to sit with the night out and the maestro, and we're going to talk all things MLW. It's going to be a 
a beautiful experience. So make sure you guys tune in because we're talking to big dogs of the business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Fran. <laughs> ah, Sonny. <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. Why? Oh, by the way, I am getting a Fran Drescher shirt. Um, I don't know if I pronounced her last name right. But so I saw one that it's her. Like it's so it's like a Selena T-shirt, but it's Fran's face on Selena. If I can get my hands on that, bro, I'm doing it. I'm gonna get it because <laughs> I think it just makes so much sense. <laughs> but anyway, Hoss, what else about Raw did you want to hit before we jumped over to another topic? Um, just the obvious of the uh, champion switching brands. You know that's that was. Uh, surprising that they decided to do that. Well, here's what I, I want to ask. We're going to ask Billy Simmons this when he joins us in the second hour, but is that a, like, like, are, are you obligated to switch titles in that situation? Like, so if you're, if you're booking this shit, right. Uh, to use a, a business term, do you make them switch belts? Like I think I, you have to, right. I believe so. Cause remember it actually happened. Uh, I believe it was I, last draft. It happened with the tag belts. Yeah, and they made them switch. Right. And, and what I do like, here's the one thing that I will give them credit for because I'm critical because it's my job to do that because, you know, that's what we do here with commentators on the Wrestle Talk podcast. They said, well, this doesn't take effect until the 22nd. So I like that because it gives us an opportunity to really go over the list a few times and not be incredibly surprised by the transition when it's happening, Right. Because there's going to be some things we forgot about. Like, oh, yeah, he. So that gives us two weeks to kind of process and then to be ready for it when it actually go, comes to fruition. So I'll give them credit for that because previously, I think it'd be like the next week it took effect and then it was just a mayhem. You're like, what's this person doing on this show? And and then they at one point they had a rule where like two people per show could go over and then that went away without any sort of explanation. But, um, but anyway, so kudos to them for giving us as fans a little bit of time to process the information. Now, speaking of processing, there is one guy who's always on tune. And he said he wanted to join us specifically to talk about the draft and his discontent with it. So we may get a little bit of a, a early shoot and shout segment from the one, the only ladies and gentlemen, the owner himself of the I-70 sports media empire, the one, the only the maestro what up what's up maestro bro we gotta get him some music or something all right that's the second week in a row he can't figure out his mic boo this man shots fired shots fired (laughs) get out of here maestro you're not allowed back onto you fix your mic (laughs) no one is safe all right he's gonna get that figured out for us in just a second all right and, you know, spe- speaking of people, though, I saw earlier a comment about the fact okay, that we're Douglas not has it. not been around. Yeah. All and, right. you know, real real quick, I just want to make them not miss Dick Douglas so much. Dick Douglas? Renee's filling in that role quite nicely, though, of uh, the what? cry baby. What are you talking about? Bro, do you know how much facts I've been spitting for the last 36 minutes? Mr. Johnny come lately, showing up 30 minutes late. Who do you think you're talking to? What is up, guys? We we missed you, bro. 
You cry What's about going everything. On, Maestro? <laughs> hey, so Jeremy, we just went over the raw draft. How are we doing this evening, gentlemen? Can, can he not hear us? Can you guys not hear me? I can hear you. I can. I was gonna say I can hear you. Okay, I was transitioning into a question, Maestro. Come on now, bro. We just went over Raw. We're going into SmackDown, but we're gonna take a quick break right here. Let me tell you why. Because there are other things going on in wrestling outside of WWE, and I'll be damned if we're gonna spend the whole first hour just talking about them. So, being a guy that went to NWA seventy three, Maestro, and we will get back to the draft. I promise. What have they done to keep you to keep you locked in? So, okay, here's my real question. Have you been watching NWA since you went to NWA 73? Did they do enough to keep you locked into the product? Because as amazing as that event was, from a spectator standpoint, I went back and watched it. Obviously, I wasn't there. You were. So was Skywalker. Shout out. But did they do enough to, like, bring you in? Because I think that's what a lot of people are wondering. And now with what MLW is doing, which we'll be talking about here in about five minutes, I think it may spell disaster for the NWA. Even though you're always going to have that loyal base. Maestro, did they or did they not do enough to keep you locked in? And you don't got to BS, bro. You don't got to be politically correct. You know how we roll. But that event was incredible, and I just want to know if it resonated enough with the fans to <laughs> keep locked you. into the product. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, yes. Because, okay. like I said on the show after NWA 73, and I might have even said it the show beforehand, it was almost like a resurrection of so much of old-school wrestling wrestling at the chase, and like the NWA as a whole. Now, you're never going to get the old territory days back. and that That's not happening, ever. But the NWA as a brand is alive and well. Is it something that I'm going to probably be able to tune in to weekly? Probably not. But then again, it's hard for me to tune into WWE every week these days. I'm so damn busy. But it's enough for me to constantly check to see how they're doing, you know, and see what I can actually watch. Because, you know, I'm the type of person. Well, I want to tell the people just kind of on the surface, some of the, the talent. Right. So we know that Ricky Morton is involved, which, by the way, he'll be in Kansas in December. We'll be talking about that here a little bit later on in the show. But. Like, for example, tonight on Fight TV, that's where you can find NWA Power, for those who don't know. You had Nick Aldis teaming up with James Storm to fight Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer. You had uh, Trevor Murdoch talking on the future of the NWA Championship. You had an appearance by James Storm, one of my personal favorites. Um, You had Camille feuding with Melina. And you had Kylie Ray with Lady Frost. Like, they are definitely bringing some top-tier talent so you can't tell me that that's the reason why there's a certain segment of the wrestling population that doesn't care or want to care to watch NWA because that's top five talent, top to bottom. Jeremy, am I right? Right. And what I was trying to say is 
I'm one of that group of wrestling fans, and I know you guys are on the same boat as me on this one, where we don't want to see promotions just or brands, promotion, whatever you want to say, driven out of business by other ones. We love the melting pot. We love seeing as much wrestling as we can. You know, it keeps things interesting at our on our toes, you know. Yeah, that's why when you talk about the whole AEW WWE battle, we're not wanting to see AEW drive WWE out. And I know you said obviously they're not, but vice versa, you know. I love wrestling. That's that's all it comes down to. Um, but like I said, NWA after the NWA 73rd anniversary show, it definitely made me start looking more at the NWA especially their shows and what they're up to, you know. And like I said, I treat it as a resurrection because let me tell you, I mean, there were people in suits, like dressed up like it would be the 1970s in attendance at that show. And then you had, you know, your others, your your fans like myself and some of my friends who were wearing NWA shirts, you know, rocking the wrestling, you know, representing well. It was just one hell of a time. So, yes. To basically just mesh it all in one answer. While it's not something I watch all the time, it's definitely something. The NWA 73 show definitely kept me interested in the NWA in their current product. And I hope that's the case for many other fans. I was saying it earlier. We're going to get a chance here in the great state of Kansas of to get us some Ricky Morton action again. Uh, courtesy of XWE. I don't want to spoil everything for everybody, but the uh, KWA super show that we're doing in December is going to be, I I can't wait till Billy joins us. So we can go over kind of some of the preliminary plans that he has for this event. Um, But okay. So let's get back into the draft. Uh, Haas, go ahead and unmute yourself. Give us the rundown of all the draft picks for the SmackDown side, since we've already covered raw. What do you got for us? All right. For SmackDown, we have the universal champion, Roman Reigns. Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, Hit Row, NXT North American Champion Isaiah Swerve Scott, Top Della, Ashante, Three Adonis, and B-Fab. Then we have Naomi, Jeff Hardy, Alea, Drew Gullick, Mace, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, Tony Storm, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos, Sasha Banks, International, uh, sorry, Intercontinental Champion, International, yeah, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs. Love Boogs. Seamus, Seamus, Shayna Baszler. The Viking Raiders, Ricochet, Humberto Carlillo, and Angel Garza, Cesaro, Ridge Holland, Sami Zayn, Jinder Mahal and Shanky, Natalia, Shotzi, and I always mess this name up, uh, Zaya Lee. Oh, yeah, uh, Zaya Lee, she's the, um, she's the chick from NXT. She's incredible. Yeah, and I think she she tweeted something out that she's the first uh, Chinese-born woman to ever be on SmackDown. 
So we got a lot of influx of Japanese wrestlers, but now it looks like the Chinese wrestlers are also starting to make some waves, which I think is an incredible thing. Maestro, you heard the list, man. What are some of your gives and takes, some of the names that you heard? What do you love? What do you hate? Okay, I'm just going to say it, and I'm, you know, obviously I was trying to hurry home, but I'm glad I got home in time to say this. The draft sucked ass, okay? (laughs) It did. And I'm going to tell you why it did. All right. So this is the reason. Everybody knows Raw struggling in the ratings. It is no secret that SmackDown is the A show in WWE right now. So what are they going to do? They're going to gut SmackDown for all their talent and bring them over to Raw. And then whatever scraps are left over, bring them to SmackDown. I don't need to see Charlotte Flair on Friday nights. I'm And on top of that, you know what the difference between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair on Monday nights and Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch on Friday nights is, guys? It's just a different damn day! <laughs> Fast. This is Here's, like, Edge and Seth Rollins. Holy shit! Look at that. They're on Raw now. Together. Like, what is the point of these draft picks? Like, and why split up Tegan Knox and Shotzi? Like, seriously, why? They were doing great. First off, they should be at least the number one contenders for the tag titles. Because how many times did they beat Natalia and Tamina? Another team that was split up. I mean, come on. The booking of these draft picks is ludicrous. And I just, and don't get me wrong, I love SmackDown. I'm still going to watch it. You know, Jeff Hardy going to SmackDown is a great addition because he's going to get a lot of viewers on there. You know, I think with the type of action that Fox wants to see, obviously the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy would be perfect for them. Cesaro, hopefully, this leads to more screen time for him. It's great Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs are still there. I could do without Sheamus on SmackDown. Put him on main event. I don't give a shit. I don't need Sheamus on there. Um, Because he's just your standard heel. He there's just not a uniqueness to his character. You know, even his betrayal against Drew McIntyre was predictable and boring. You know, there's just no charisma to him so overall yeah smackdown got gypped and yes sonny i will hate on sheamus <laughs> anyway no i will say this the draft sucked ass i didn't like it and i also don't get this the time it is do you realize we are in october yes the year's flying fast but we are in october it's october 5th right now what's next month guys what takes place next month? Thanksgiving. In, in wrestling. John always got to go back to food, bro. <laughs> exactly. It always ties back to food with hardcore hoss. <laughs> it's all right. You fit right in with me, bro. Don't sweat it. Bro. I feel you. Okay. While those two indulge themselves, I'm going to tell the <laughs> listeners what it is. Um, Survivor Series. Well, here's my problem. What the hell 
is the point of Survivor Series this year if you're going to just give everybody one month to get used to their brands. I mean, seriously. You at least in the past few years, in which I will say the past few Survivor Series have been really good. Especially, I mean, they've really been good, especially the five-on-five elimination matches. Um, yeah, go back to Sting was in that match. I, I thought they'd been doing a pretty good job with Survivor Series, so I agree. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they've been doing good the past few years because remember there was that period, guys, where it was pretty pointless. There was no real storyline in it. It was just kind of there, and people were worried that it was just going to be dropped as one of the big four. But it, it had a good resurrection. So now, with this brand split that's not even happening until after Crap Jewel, all of a sudden, my <laughs> gosh. Yo, no. Mike's on a roll tonight. This feels like the shoot and shout segment, bro. I love it's, it. I told it's a you guys. Shoot and shout segment because I am legit heated. The Maestro is pissed right now about this because when SmackDown got picks, it was just the same people that were on SmackDown. When Raw got picks, it was the top stars from SmackDown. It was. That was how it went, and we went and we had to drag it out for a full week. I mean, really. And because there's no true general manager of each brand, Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville just kind of stood on one side of the podium. Half of it was red and the other half was blue. And it's like, well, they're going to boss everyone on both brands anyway. So what's the point? What is I'm the- sorry, but this was the most pointless WWE draft in possibly of all time. Bro, and what they, listen, I, I know you weren't here for this part of it, but what they did to Gable Stevenson. Uh, trying to make it like a like a draft type atmosphere where they had the camera set up in his house, bro. It was basically just him and his mom and his dad. I'm like, this is potentially one of your biggest stars coming out of a legitimate sport like Greco Roman wrestling, a gold medalist for God's sakes, and that's the best you could do to give this guy a presentation and to make it feel special. It didn't make sense to me, bro. I still don't understand it. And yes, I agree. Jeremy Carp should definitely host the debate. We, you miss a lot, Maestro. We, we got you yeah, I was going to say, what the hell Jeremy did I miss Carpenter? since I was on my way home? Like, what? <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to know if it involves the Aaron Wallace. It does. That can't be good. Um, <laughs> so. All right, so we got a question here. Um, we got a question from Sonny Mayo, which shout out to him. Doing a great job yeah. stepping in for Chris the Voice uh, at Shockwave. Went in. Uh, we'll actually let Billy talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I thought he did a hell of a job stepping in as a uh, ring announcer. Congratulations to him. He's done a great job for me. Uh, several shows. I, you know, I got you guys know I did GWF a couple years ago, and then Royal Alliance, and he he jumped in there and did a, a bang up job on both occasions. But just out of nowhere, The Rock at Survivor Series. Yay or nay? What do you guys think? Possibly yay. What about you, Haas? I don't think so. So we all know that Survivor Series is kind of like, isn't that the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, or am I tripping? They say that's the Royal Rumble, but I'm going to tell you why, and I've said this for months, and I'm going to tell you why I think it is plausible, although not official, that The Rock will come back or could come back in Survivor Series. So with Roman Reigns and the Usos still on SmackDown, um, which I will admit – was a great move because they're the best thing going right now. The whole bloodline is just amazing. 
Um, so I feel like what's going to happen, you have The Rock come back at Survivor Series because Roman Reigns will have a team. It would involve his family, you know, and they would emerge victorious. Rock comes out. You start this feud where the Roman Reigns is trying to get The Rock to acknowledge him. I mean, it's family. Mi familia. And what I think would happen is eventually this will lead all the way down because there's no... Who's really going to fight? Nobody I mean, Brock Lesnar's a free right agent. Brock Lesnar's the only real threat to Roman Reigns. Like... Bro. Honestly. No one's messing with Roman. See, this is this is something that, as a promoter, I think has got to be a difficult challenge. You've got such a dominant champion that you've pretty much eliminated the competition, and the only other person that could be legitimate competition is holding another belt that's of same value as the one that you're holding. Example: Charlotte. Who's the only legitimate threat to Charlotte? It's Becky. Becky already mm-hmm. got a belt. Becky, Roman. two belts. Becky. Right. Roman, who's the only legitimate threat currently on the roster to Roman Reigns? Some people would say Bobby Lashley. We all know that he uh, he lost the championship. It makes sense. But realistically, the only guys that you could think of that would be up to measure to go up against your top guy are already busy with their own title stuff. So that's why I've always been more of a fan of the indie style. And and I know Herb Simpson is going to hate me for saying indie. It's pro wrestling, nevertheless. But they just do a better job of building up the competition that elevates your champion and makes those championship matches credible. Okay? And since we are having Billy on here just a little bit, I'm thinking of of, of Drake versus Reaver. And Kit Reaver's been ascending for two years in the company from his rivalry with Leo D to Malico and all this other stuff that they've been doing. If you guys don't know who these guys are, you need to look them up. Malico, Leo Dioria, look them up. They've done a tremendous job of bidding, of bringing people that are credible to challenge the champion. Because when you're booking matches against people that you already know are going to lose, that's why so many of these pay-per-views are so predictable, Maestro. You look at these papers, you go, okay, that person's going to win this person. And you're going to get it about 80% right. So I think they're doing the Charlottes and the Romans a disservice by giving their equals their own championships because then who do you got left? Do you understand what I'm saying? It just, it's oh, weird. Oh, absolutely. It's no, weird I to totally agree. And that's why, I, I get that. And that's why I'm saying the only people that are legit threats to Roman Reigns. Because Big E is not going to lose his title anytime soon. No, he's not. Okay. He's worked too long and too hard for them to just yank it away from him like this. Okay. So, for Roman Reigns, he's had the title over 400 days, which, let's just take a second to acknowledge the fact, I guess you could say acknowledge him, but acknowledge the fact that that is historic. You know, the last time we had a WWE title run that went over 400 days was CM Punk's title reign. This is where I, I say, but look who ended that reign. The Rock. Granted, that was a kind of bullshit thing that happened. You know, that's beside the point. But 
Which, by the way, I'd be wildly upset if it was The Rock that dethroned Roman. Because I understand that, but I'm saying there's only two people The Rock or Brock. Who the hell else is going to on this roster? WWE has (laughs) Keith Bearcat Lee. Oh, wait, no, they kept him on Raw because they don't know who the hell to draft. That's my thing. You could have had Keith Bearcat Lee, which is a great name because it's you know an honorable tribute to Bearcat Wright. We talked about that earlier. Out the way. Um, but if he were on SmackDown, that would have been a perfect shot because people have been waiting how many years for him to really get that big opportunity that he's never had on the main roster. Boom, there you go. But no, they kept him on Raw. He's going to be floating around, you know, getting these matches that start at, you know, 7.50 in the evening, Central Time, that's going to last just a few minutes because they're not creative, is not going to know how to push him, even though it's written on the wall. I mean... Wait a minute. This is what I like. My man, Ron, shout out, Ron. You know, it's always love and respect, my guy. You know the vibes. What do you think about this comment right here? Ooh. Mm. Now, see, there we go. That's more like it. That's I like funny. that. That's a good one because I'm going to tell you what. First off, Ron, that is actually a really good matchup because guess what? Drew McIntyre doesn't need to be in the title picture. He's gonna I mean, be, huh? He's going to be, though. He's going to be, but the only reason he is still in the title picture is because he, the majority of his title reign was during the Thunderdome era. Yeah, he kind of got robbed. Yeah, he, he got did. robbed, and I give him that. I understand that. So he got robbed as far as the fan interaction goes as a champion. So they're really trying to push having him get that shot with the crowd. Bobby Lashley had a phenomenal title reign. People are going to say it wasn't. I really enjoyed it. The whole thing with the hurt business. Um, not having MVP does hurt, though. Big time. But as far as the whole thing, so you say you have Keith Lee and Biggie on Raw. You still don't have that top guy on SmackDown. You don't have Edge. You don't have Seth Rollins, which I would have actually liked to see. I would have liked to see Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. I don't give a shit if they're both heels. They're both great wrestlers. That's all that should matter. People will watch great wrestling. That's what WWE creative needs to realize. You put two great wrestlers in the ring, people will watch. I think the prime example for me was it was either last year or two years. I think it was two years ago. On the final edition of SmackDown in St. Louis, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. And um, Daniel Bryan won. He turned heel that night. It wasn't, but before that, it wasn't so much character driven. It was just an amazing wrestling match on a technical level. People will tune into that. But guess what? You know, Renee, I liked your point that you made about Roman Reigns. They built him and they built Charlotte Flair. I'm so done with the whole thing with Charlotte Flair. I am absolutely done because every time somebody wins a woman's title. It's not her fault. She's so much better. I'm not going to relax and I'm going to tell you why. It's not her fault. She's better than everybody, bro. It's What is she supposed to do? 
be worse so that you people know, you know like, why look you know like why she she, nobody gets a chance nobody gets a damn chance nikki ash capitalized on the money in the bank she won the, the match she won the title and then guess what next chance she had to defend that title against charlotte in any way shape or form she lost it guess how many times sasha banks lost a title in a rematch against charlotte flair Every, Every time, Charlotte Flair gets in a title match and wins that title match. Um, she does. It doesn't matter. People can't. The only person that's gotten over on Charlotte Flair has been Becky Lynch. You can argue Ronda Rousey, but Becky Lynch is the only one who could tr- who truly got over Charlotte Flair. Well, well let me stop you right and there. That's and it. This. Not, let anymore. me say this. We got a treat last night, and and this goes out to my people. You know who always got something bad to say about the product. If you if you look, if you build it, as so to speak, they will come. Bro, last night, we got a future WrestleMania preview with Bianca Belair versus Charlotte. Now, did it end the way all of us would have wanted it to end? You know, Becky got it. No. But, bro, seeing top talent like that yes. go up against each other is a beautiful thing. And I know you won't understand this, but at the end of the day, Drake goes over. You know why? Because nobody is getting the kind of heat that Charlotte is getting. No one. I know my man Billy understands that reference, but there's a reason. And until somebody can make it feel like they're just as prestigious or more, because I don't think Becky is as on fire today as she was 18 months ago. And it's it's understandable, you know, it's a long lapse. Oh, that can't be surpassed. No, yeah, exactly, right. So you can't yeah. jump back into it like that. But the, man, when these the whole people, man thing that right. can't be surpassed. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the greatest things ever, really, men, men or women, uh, as far as uh, you know, getting somebody exactly. to the very top of the card. She made events at a WrestleMania for a reason. But Absolutely. Um, I guess, I guess my point is. Yeah. I love to see the very top, like when Ken Griffey Jr. was on fire and when Barry Bonds was on fire and when all these people were on fire and you can say what you will about, you know, what they did to get there, but we all want to see Jordan be Jordan, right? And, and we all hate the tree peats and the three peats and the dynasties, Tom Brady, everybody hates Tom Brady, but I'd rather say, have, Just say Tom Brady. Okay, yeah, Tom Brady. I would rather have somebody operating on that level because it raises the game of everybody else. So in essence, I don't necessarily think it's the fault of that superstar. It's it's how they're building the stars around them. But and I will say, I was very excited, Maestro, to see Bianca Belair and see how she matched up physically with Charlotte because yeah. that's something that we can't see many people do. It's Nia can't do it because she's just not quite as fast enough. Uh, uh, Shayna's very physically talented, but she's not all that athletic. Bianca's like the most physically compatible person to charlotte that we have and the fact that we got a snippet of it last night makes me excited and it gives me hope that some credible contenders are coming maestro i, I hope that i'm right because if they don't have these people in place now, see, th- it's gonna be a problem now right and you know okay and see what you just said is almost is, is basically in the ballpark of what i was saying okay, okay. I'm not trying to personally attack Charlotte Flair for her talent. She's definitely one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. I'll even go just say one of the greatest wrestlers. I don't give a shit. of one of the greatest okay. wrestlers. She's phenomenal in the ring. But my point is, it's basically just what you said. 
when has WWE really given her a long, credible feud with anybody besides Becky Lynch? Exactly. They haven't. Because every time somebody just steps in, remember when Liv Morgan had a match against Charlotte Flair? And then Liv <laughs> went away after losing. Yeah. You know, you know, and then you had Dana Brooke, who was going up against Charlotte. Then Dana Brooke went away for a while. WWE is not building up these stars to give us any indication that Charlotte Flair can be dethroned. That is the problem here. The problem isn't so much. It's of course Charlotte shouldn't slack off. I'm not saying that Charlotte should stop wrestling so damn yeah, good. No, not at all. Right. Right. What I'm saying is WWE needs to book. First off, Shayna Baszler would be to me a perfect fit for Fantastic. facing off against Charlotte. Ford. Which, by the way, fantasy but, booking wouldn't have been great if Bailey came out instead of Dewdrop. To confront Shayna with yes, baby face Bailey, baby face Bailey comes back confront Shayna Baszler. Bro, they they missed it. Now I don't know if Bailey's cleared right now. She may not be. So again, fantasy booking. But bro, they got these windows of opportunity, my show, and I think they miss them more often than not. I know. Well, of course they do, and that's the thing. Let me tell you something. Charlie is overrated. Charlotte is not overrated. I think this is the problem. Oh my gosh. But this is the thing. You know what? The problem is this goes with Sasha. This goes with Bailey. Well, not actually not Bailey, because she had a long reign. The problem is they're too worried about the title number count and not so much the length that goes into these reigns. Charlotte Flair is like a 14-time women's champion. But how long, how many of those reigns went over 100 days? Not many of them. Yeah. Because she just kept losing anymore, really. And then dropped it, and then they dropped it back to her. I mean, it's just like they're it's the title belt's a hot potato, and they're just (laughs) tossing it back and forth. So, no, I'm sorry, but I think this past week has just been discombobulated craziness in WWE. They had the chance to really establish great feuds on different brands, but instead, instead they brought the same feud to different brands. And that's to me, the biggest disservice for not just the fans, but for the superstars, because I'm sorry, I could, I could just rewatch edge versus Seth Rollins matches that were phenomenal on SmackDown. The one just a couple weeks ago to me is a match of the year candidate. But no, let's just watch them on Raw and see where it's going. Like, no, it was just the draft was bad to me. They have a big issue, like you said, with what to do with Roman Reigns and who he's going to face since, you know, Brock's a free agent and can go wherever you want. I love Ron's comments about the Keith Lee and Big E possibility because that would be a dream match in the making, especially for the title. WWE just created a bunch of more problems for themselves when they really could have just made a lot of solutions. That's the maestro's opinion on this. I agree. Well, let's get Hoss's take. Then we'll go to some breaking news. And then we'll go to a brief break, which I got something special for the break today. You guys are really going to love it. And then we'll come back for hour two of episode 365 with one of my favorite guys in the business, the one and only XWE's very own 
Billy Simmons, ladies and gentlemen, who's been waiting very patiently in the green room. And I think he's okay because we got him the Fiji water and the green M&Ms he requested. So, you know, you keep the big guy happy. He's colorblind, <laughs> so it's okay. He doesn't know. Oh, yeah. Well, me too. But anyway, uh, Haas, you heard us go on and on about SmackDown. Both myself and the Maestro have had some really strong takes. What's your takeaway? You know, I, I agree that, you know, they just move feuds from one place to another. And I think they helped Raw because of the fact that, you know, Raw didn't really have a lot of big names and people were more interested in SmackDown. But I think that they hurt SmackDown and with taking a lot of people away. And, you know, looking at the list, there's not a lot of people, you know, like it was said earlier, that can contend against Roman Reigns. I mean, we know that they're going to put Drew McIntyre in there. He's one of the few. And who else do they have that they can put up against Drew? That, you know, there's not many there. So I, I think they really screwed the pooch on this one. You know, it's just, it's not a good, uh, not a good look at all. Well, speaking of screwing the pooch, has there ever been clearer writing on the wall that they're getting ready to not renew Kevin Owens' contract? <laughs> Bro. Oh, yeah. He is so gone. He, oh, my gosh. He's so, so gone. And he's going to be so sick, and it's going to be nuts when he gets AW. Dude, they had him go to Raw, where he's got no chance of competing for the top championship over there because he's running baby, and so is Big E. So we know that. They took away his opportunity feud with Roman, which I think would have been incredible. I think he would have took he would have helped take Roman's in-ring game, maybe even his promo game to another level. Cause when Kevin Owens is doing his thing, it's pretty incredible, bro. But then to top it all off, Hoss, they cut my man's promo off with Akira Tazawa. Akira Tazawa came out and interrupted Kevin Owens. That's my man. Dude, he, he came out, interrupted Kevin Owens, challenged Reggie to a 24-7 championship match, got stunned, and Kevin Owens left. And that was it. I'm like, dear goodness. Talk about having an incredible guy, not on your fingertips, like in your hand, and not knowing what to do with him. I just, to, to encapsulate what, what Maestro said, there was just some things that were like, whoa, and there's some things that you were like, wow. Like, I can't believe what these guys are doing. So. Oh, yeah, they they haven't known what to do with Kevin Owens for a while now. I mean, what have they really done with him in pretty much the past year? I mean, they haven't done a whole lot with him. The last great feud he had was with Shane McMahon. Ever since then, it's just been down the crapper. Is that yep. when, when Shane was the best in the world? Is that is that what? Yeah. That little, oh, gosh, please don't bring that up. Okay. All right. So before we go to break, guys, and again, you're going to love what we got for break tonight. I want to make the announcement that tomorrow the maestro and yours truly the night out will be on a media call with the one and only court Bauer of major league wrestling. And in case you've been living under a rock, the um, dark side of the ring series has made waves every single time that they've dropped an episode. I jokingly said vice TV is smart because they're tearing away at the legacy of the biggest wrestling company in the world as they sign a contract to start broadcasting wrestling themselves. 
MLW has signed a par- partnership with Vice TV, in case you didn't know. And their first show is airing tomorrow night. No, Thursday night at 10 p.m. And the main event is Fatu versus Hammerstone. If you don't know who these people are, do your homework. You're missing out. But guys, us, Court Bauer, MLW, Vice TV, we are legitimately going to be in the same room, the Zoom room, with Court freaking Bauer. Maestro, I know you've done some cool stuff already in your career, but this is already, I'm sure, is going to be in the top five almost right off the bat that we get to sit in with a guy, the guy, over at Major League Wrestling. Your thoughts on that? Are you kidding? It's awesome! Like, (laughs) holy shit, man. No, it is going to be great. It's also such a great pleasure because, you know... To do this for on behalf of Interstate 70 Sports Media, you know, and you getting to do this more so on behalf of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Um, we're gonna have such great representation there. This is literally the definition of passion in a profession to have that in a way it is that close contact with MLW is just I never expected it, but I'm very thankful for it. So I'm definitely looking forward to it tomorrow. So absolutely it's great (laughs) all right guys we'll be back in less than five minutes about three minutes and some change but instead of playing music for you guys today we're gonna play uh hey well (laughs) okay (laughs) we're gonna play a segment of a match dating back to april 18th 1972 championship wrestling from florida pitting the legendary Johnny Valentine against the aforementioned Bearcat Wright. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this during our break. We'll be back in just a matter of moments with this the remainder of episode 365 featuring XWE promoter and co-founder of the Kansas Wrestling Alliance, Billy Simmons. We'll see you guys here in about three minutes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for part two of episode 365 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, I know we usually play music during the break, but I thought since we were talking about Bearcat Wright, it would be awesome to play one of his most legendary matches, which I'm sure you guys didn't know was the big Bearcat Wright heel turn against Johnny Valentine back in 1972. And what I think is crazy. Hardcore House, I don't know how much of that you saw. I'm going to bring you on here in just a second. Bro, do you think that he that he got with the fan, was that shoot or was that work? Do you think that that fan that came up to the edge of the apron, would you think that was part of the show? Or do you think that was real? Because back then, things were different. The fans were crazy. And a lot of people still believed that that disbelief that used to exist around the world of pro wrestling it still was alive and well back in 1972. So just off of what you saw, bro, what do you think about that uh, Bearcat performance? And do you think the interaction with that fan that jumped up on the apron, was that real or was that worked? Oh, I I don't think that fan was planned at all. 
I think that's just some fan decided, hey, I'm going to get in this, and he did. Uh, but, yeah, wrestling was just so much different back then. And uh, so many people back then, there was so much mystique around it and everything that's just gone today, you know, and I think that's a sad thing. And I think it was just better back then than it is now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you could tell whether that fan was legit or was he, he was a worker, the fans were not happy. They were booing the dog snot out of Bearcat, man. <laughs> like that, dude, you can't pay for that kind of heat, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, speaking of beautiful things, my man, killing the game right now as I think one of the most well-respected guys in our territory in the Midwest. Now, not only does he run a great promotion, he also runs a training school for some of the guys in his area, and he's the co-founder of the Kansas Wrestling Alliance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the show, a longtime member of the WrestleTalk family, the one, the only, my amigo, my hermano, Billy Simmons. What's up, fellas? Bro, you've been chilling in the in the room, you know, in the in the green room for a while. Did we get the right kind of water, the right color M and M's that your assistant requested? Did we take care of that for you properly? Yeah, you took all care of that, except for the fact that uh, why were they all different colors? I said one green color, bro. I, I don't know. I told him green, bro. I don't know. You know, I'm colorblind, so I the Maestro's, that could have been it. You and Maestro colorblind. That's what it is. <laughs> we are colorblind. Well, Haas, you know Billy Simmons, the man, dude. He's he's a hardworking guy. He loves pro wrestling just like us. I've got a thousand questions. I'm gonna ask one and then I'm gonna throw it over to you. Billy, Bearcat Wright, the fan. You got an experienced eye. More than work. Do you think that they orchestrated that back in 1972? Or do you think that that was impromptu? It was a work. It was a work. Um, Let me tell you why it was a work. Please do. All right. <clears throat> if any fan jumps into the ring as a worker in professional wrestling, whether it's wrestler, referee, running the cameraman, if a fan legit jumps in up on the edge – and is like that, we're on top of them. Security would have ate him up, huh? And the, and the way that he was communicating with the referee and the referee was just talking with him, 100% of work. Okay, there you go. Well, if you guys want to hear straight from the man that orchestrates these sort of things for his very own promotion, there you have it. I had an inkling that because nobody else was getting involved that it might be, but you couldn't have told the crowd that, Billy. If you asked any of the people in the building that night, they would have been like, no, no, we saw him get up from the chair. We saw, you know, I, I'm sure they bought it hook, line, and sinker, man. It, and and what an amazing time, right? Like that period of professional wrestling would have been where you're getting heat that you got to worry about your guy's safety going into the parking lot. I don't, I don't think you guys got to worry about that kind of stuff that much anymore, do you? Yeah, I don't think that um, all times we do. But I have legit seen Drake Gallows piss some people off so much they tried to fight him. <laughs> and my security had to threaten to escort them out of the building. Him in that damn water bottle. <laughs> that's that's it right there. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that but here a little bit more. But I, To I go back to... onto them times. Go ahead. Go ahead, Billy. 
I'm losing you. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. To go back onto them times. All right. So to go back onto them times, man, the the way if, – if you watch Valentine's sale when Bearcat was on top of him, to, to watch how his body rhythm, he legit looked like he was choking to death. And when he laid there, they've done such a good job back then on making that person be loved by the fans that they want to fight for him. <laughs> and that's professional wrestling at its purest, at its finest, is when the baby can make a fan want to fight for them, and a heel can make the fans want to fight the heel for the baby. I I know the feeling because when I was a kid watching wrestling, I legitimately hated Vince McMahon. Like, you know, I'm like 12 years old, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, if I ever get a boss, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I used to want to stone close to my teachers. <laughs> Because I felt like she was holding the man down. He just wants to drink a beer and have a fight. Dude, I, I felt that feeling before. And if I would have had an opportunity to go to, to a lot of shows, I probably would have been, like, looking out for, like, where is that jerk? You know, where? <laughs> and it's that period of time. What What's crazy is that I think it still exists uh, amongst the younger fans, which I think you guys do such an incredible job of creating an environment of belief for the younger fans. But back then, I think it was the grownups, too. I think you had a good portion of the audience, the gra- not just the grandmas and stuff, but like five to fifty-five that were really invested in it one way or another. But but anyway, I promise not to be selfish. Hoss, you're up, buddy, because I know you got some questions. Let's go ahead and get into them. So, uh, what made you decide to start your own company, man? From day one, I've loved not only the wrestling part of it, but the business of it and the ability to give people opportunities that, Hey, I think this is a good worker. Let me try to get them in and giving them opportunity Uh, to me in that sense, that that is a love of the wrestling business. It looks like you got uh, some of your trainees watching. They got a message for you there. (laughs) 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 all right all right them knuckleheads (laughs) they're just mad because they went to a seminar and uh should have uh shown out a little more Ah. (laughs) so you you started your own wrestling business and then uh how, how did you decide to start your wrestling school as well so I have I've done when I was young and was training to be a wrestler with Terry Daniels. I love the fact that after I got a little more experience, he had let me assist him in coaching the new generation. And uh, so we really that love never went away. And there was a long time that I should not have been. Um, training people and I wasn't but then further into my career I go you know I want to be involved in wrestling till I die and I know I can't wrestle forever so what other way 
to stay involved in the business than to have my own company on it. And I got the opportunity and uh, uh, my business partner, Duncan Curtis, signed on with it and we uh, grabbed the bull by the horns. All right. Well, when I stepped out a minute ago, I stepped out because I actually had a fan reach out to me that uh, that wants to come on as well. So uh, let's go ahead and bring him on here. Our buddy, Sonny Mayo. How's it going, buddy? Oh, there he is. <laughs> that ain't a fan. That's a mark right there. <laughs> hey, that's, that right there is the man. That is the man, bro. Mayo. Money. 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 You ever have a ring announcer get that over uh, besides me at the KWA show, obviously? <laughs> you ever, <laughs> you ever you know, have it, a ring announcer come in and, and get as over as – uh, Sunny Money Mayo Billy, that was extraordinary on the that, fly. That was that was super quick. Very good job by the young man. Uh, I couldn't have been any more grateful. Um, I, you know, I took one on the shoulder and trusted you to um, bring me someone good, and you, uh, you, you delivered, sir. All right, let's zoom in on uh, Casey Superkick Sunny Mayo blushing over here. <laughs> I mean, man, you're getting props from from a guy that's uh that's very well respected not just in his state but in this territory uh, all over the midwest not just the territory bro i mean all over the midwest bro billy simmons name is known xwe's known kwa's known bro and they're they're holding it down over there at kw all of kwa's holding it down man all them promotions are rocking it man yes yeah, uh, pina er, er, you know what it is vato it's my guy yeah that's <laughs> That's it. That's it. But no, hey, I wanted to jump on Renee uh, Haas. I've been, yo, I've been with the show all night. I've been enjoying it, man. I'm glad you guys talked draft. I'm glad uh, Jeremy had that slow internet earlier. I was sitting there cracking on oh, him with man, that. The Ethernet cable. I've been telling his ass. Yo, he had that night. He had that old school AOL disc where you got like 83 hours on it, bro. And mom got on the phone, and that's what he had. But shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Maestro over there in St. Louis. But no, hey, uh, I wanted to jump on here and, and, and kind of holler at Billy real quick. Billy, again, thank you for that opportunity last time, bro. Uh, it was a pleasure doing that for you. And um, But, you know, I also got to sit there and watch that last show as a fan. And, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of good action going, a lot of good storylines going. I'm really hyped for Calvin and Leo D, that best out of five. I know they're going to rock that, bro. But my question I have for you, Billy, and this one kind of involved you uh, at the end of the night uh, between in the main event between Drake and Kit. Um, you know, there were some shenanigans there. Most of the locker room came out. There was a lot of fighting there. Um, and you announced that the next show is a steel cage match. Um, so the next show with the steel cage um, match, I mean, and you announced that the next show. Do you think that's going to be the end-all, be-all on, on, um, on, on all the shenanigans that Drake and Raven have going on there? And you announced that the next show. Do you think yeah. So, man, I think that, uh, you know, this is it. They, them two have been at each other's throats at, for so long that we had to put it into it. And it's never just stayed in the ring. It's always – had all this extra BS to go along with it. It's never been Greg Gallows, Kit Reaver, no outside interference, stayed in the ring wrestling match that we have to see this happen. 
And the best way to make that happen for them to stay in that cage is, or to stay in that ring is put the cage around Yeah. And he's making one of the items on my bucket list come off. And, and, and Mayo, you know me better than most. Whenever I started doing commentary, I was like, bro, all I want is to call a steel cage match. And here we are just a few years into it. And I'm going to get the opportunity to do that. And, and the match is with two guys that I'm very familiar with. So I'll be able to narrate the story for those people who are just now getting caught up. I'm very, very excited about it. And um, I'm also a little nervous because I tend to be somewhat close to the ring. Uh, I notice that you always kind of sit behind me, Sonny, very smart of you. Because with those two guys involved, I'm not so sure that they're not going to figure out a way to make their selves, make their way outside of the steel cage. I think it needs to be like a lumberjack slash steel cage match because, bro, the last show, they were all over the damn place. Billy, I, I got to ask you this question, and, and Sonny, you're more than welcome to hang out. Bro, how do you find that balance? Because you guys tend to do some of that stuff somewhat frequently as far as letting you guys have some freedom outside of the squared circle. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes you get fans cussing, yelling, and screaming. How do you know how to strike that balance between, okay, yeah, I want to make sure that the fans get this immersive experience, but also you know that there's some risk that goes along with giving the the artists, the workers, the talent, that sort of freedom. How do you find that balance? You know, uh, trusting trusting the workers themselves, but, uh, you know, the referees know they. I want them to give them a little bit of freeway and let them go. In the same time, keeping with the rules of wrestling, you know, back in the day, um, you know, they fought all over the arenas. And I want a little bit of that um, to be able to show, to come back. But you can't go too far with it. And I think with as in the um, – history of Kit Reaver and Drake Gallows is, you know, now they've pushed it so far where the referee at one point, either last year or the show before, threw his hands up. He was just like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, what am I going to do? So I just threw his hands up and let him go. And as some people love that, it, it also brings some, well, why aren't they following the rules? And at the end of the day, you have to follow the rules. Well, speaking of following the rules, and I'll give you a chance to jump back in here, guys. Have you decided who is going to officiate this matchup yet? Because I know that's something that's really, really important. I, and you got a hell of a lineup. You got you got uh, Ref Pinky. You got Yali. You got, you know, Brett the Wall. I mean, you got, like, the who's who. You got Goat Ref. You got uh, young uh, Joseph Thorpe. I mean, you got some really badass talent obviously at the commentary table and as ring announcers, obviously, but, but also your referees are like the who's who of the area. Have you given that any thought? Because um, it's going to be a tricky one. You're going to have to stick somebody in there with them. I think is, isn't that how cage matches work? Is there an official inside? There, there is an official, usually official inside. And depending on how we go cage route wise, uh, could be one outside also. Yeah, outside as well. But, so, uh, um, We've really, uh, you know, a couple of the refs can't, uh, aren't available. So that made a little bit of a difference. Okay. Um, so uh, Pinky, Ref Pinky's not available that night. Um, he's actually 
up the road uh, for uh, AWR that night. Um, then uh, um, Brent the Wall should be there. Referee Yali's not going to be able to make it that night either. So it should be Brent the Wall, um, Goat Ref, and uh, I have a young guy from Oklahoma is going to come up that uh, has been refing, and I've watched a little bit, and I think I'm going to give him an opportunity. Wow, man. I'll tell you when. That's what I love. As great as your established stars are, there's always somebody that I haven't seen before at an XWE show. And, and I absolutely love that. Like Leo Fox. And, and I know I'm jumping in. I know you guys are ready. But, bro, Leo Fox. I'll throw it over to you, and then back to Sonny. But, bro, you got you some monsters over there. <laughs> guys, yes. and I stay up on what's going on in this area. It's my job. I have this show. But, bro, having guys like that pop up out of nowhere, future main eventers, I mean, you're, you're spoiled a little bit, Billy. I, I'm going to say it. I know you do your due diligence, bro, but every show is like you got another banger, man. Well, you know, it, it, it's a matter of uh, I've got a lot of people that uh, trust in me, um, and I've given trust over the years, too. Um so, you know, when, when kids are up and coming through the training schools around the area, not only just with myself, but, uh, you know, down in Oklahoma with Stryker, um, at, in Colorado with Matt Yaden, you know, I've got people, you know, down in Texas uh, with Handgun Dan that train all these kids. So I get, I get options to bring in this new talent when they're young and they're hungry and, that's kind of what happened with Leo Fox, man, is I uh, seen him in Oklahoma, met him. He was one of the most respectful person that I've ever been able to be around. And uh, it has a fantastic look. And you could tell the hunger in the kid. And I told him, I said, when you're ready, I want you. And he, uh, he unfortunately tore his uh, MCL. So we had to recover from that, but uh, I still got the opportunity to let him have his first match. Um, plan was match, I'll beforehand. Tell you did not show plan, plan was beforehand was I wanted to work him um, because so the kids just right. just kids just a good up and coming. And you're still recovering, right? From yeah, uh, your deal. I gotcha, uh, Hoss. What do you got, man? Let me let you jump back in here. I don't want to be selfish. I could talk to Billy for an hour, maybe two, but I want you to jump in here with any other thoughts or questions you might have before we throw it back to Sonny Money. Um, so for some of the people who uh, who are just fans and may not know what goes on behind the scenes, um, what does someone go through when they first walk in on their very first day to, to want to train? So they uh, usually, you know, they've, they've um, done a little bit of research. They've called me on the phone or messaged me and we've talked a little bit, but then day one, they want to come in for training. I run them through a tryout and uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to see where their quit is. See if I can get them to say, you know what, this ain't for me. Um, and that's not me being a jerk. That's me respecting and loving my business enough that if they're not willing to put in that hard work and dedication and sore bodies and busted up noses and 
you know, loss of family and loss of time. And they're not willing to fight and have that hunger on a two-hour training session. Do we really need them? It's a great question, Haas. A- absolutely. And and I was never brave enough to wa- walk into a, a training facility or, or a school. But I know you don't know this, Billy, but you know who was? Big Pimpin' Sunny Days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many years ago, actually trained and got to wrestle some of the who's who. Billy may not know this about you, bro. Why don't you tell him and then whatever questions you got, go ahead and lead into that. Yeah, it, 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 that's a that's a really long time ago. That's a different life ago, man. Uh, I, I had about five matches, and then I realized, yo, I can't make the commitment to pro wrestling that it deserves. And Billy, you kind of hit the nail on the head, bro. It's 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 rigorous training. Like you know, fans come to the building and they just see, oh, okay, he just put on a twenty minute match, and that's that. But you know, that's in the ring training three, four, five days a week. Long car rides, making the shows like Bob Evans preaches, making the shows, making the towns, making the miles. And it's just that that pro wrestling lifestyle is just a major, major commitment that I realized I couldn't make. So I I, I bowed out of it gracefully uh, and and still respect the business. And I respect anybody who steps into that ring and not just wrestlers, uh, you know, referees, ring announcers. Uh, promoters, anybody involved with the business and, and, and making a show happen, yo, it's crazy, man. Even Night Owl, bro, like, you know, prepping at the commentary table and everything, like, it, it, it's mental. It's work. You're putting in work to to, to, to make a show happen there. So respect to all, uh, you know, who, who do that, and especially the wrestlers with the grinding, man. Respect to all of them. But, no, I don't really have a question here. Uh, more of a statement. Um, and this is for everybody, including Hoss. Hoss, I know you won't be at the show, but I know you kind of see what's going on here. And, uh, again, I can't wait till Haunted Havoc. It's going to be a great lineup up and down the card from opening bell to the main event. But to kind of stick with that main event, um, so I'm a betting man. I got no problem going to the casino on a Saturday night, tossing back a couple Coronas and dropping a $100 bill in the machine. That's just how I roll. That's how, how Sunny Money does it. So, with me being a bet man, and I, Night Owl and Billy, I, I'm getting you guys' opinion on this. But with me being a bet man, I'm going to bet the end of the night at Haunted Havoc, just like every other show, Drake goes over. I'm calling my shot now. Jake, Drake walks out of that cage. Kit, and yo, Kit, Kit Reaver, bro, he's going to fuck him up. Kit, no. Kit brings it, bro. No, no, Every no. show, Kit brings I'll it. I'll put a 12-pack of Coronas on Kit Reaver right now because if anybody's due. Now, you do know that as of Saturday, Drake was champion for 700, 734 days. Yep. You're aware of this, right? Yep. Commentator stuff. This is what we do. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, all right? <laughs> Shout out to Rusty Rex. This is my guy. Uh, helps me with all that. But anyway, no, I'm going Reaver, and I'm willing to put a 12-pack of Corona on it, man. Put your mouth, put your money where your mouth is. I, I, I'll ante up that, bro, and we'll have some uh, uh, a 12-pack of Corona, and then I'll get you one of them Angus cheeseburgers from Spangles down the street after the show, bro. If I, if I fall out, yeah, we'll have Spangles man. up, and I'll pay for it. But I ain't got to worry about that, bro, because just like every XWE show, Drake goes over. So, 
right? And the man who knows how that's going to go is right in front of us, but he's not giving us a damn thing. No. Nope. Just hear it all over. It. <laughs> at this point, here, here's what I want to say. At this point, if I were you, Billy, because I've been in your shoes once or twice, only just once or twice. I'm sure you haven't even decided exactly how you want that whole thing to go. And I don't really care how you do it. I think it's going to be fantastic either way because, again, you're elevating the challenger to make us have this argument, which I know you heard us earlier, and I want you to comment on this. Do you see it as a prevalent problem throughout professional wrestling that some – we're not going to name any names. This isn't about bashing nobody. That's not what I'm saying. But they struggle to build up credible challengers for their fantastic champions. Billy, I know you've kind of mastered this art, at least from my personal opinion. Bro, you've done a great job of building up the guys who are competing for your championships. It doesn't feel like one-offs. It doesn't feel like undeserving people are getting opportunities. Just watching Mitch Onyx defend the IWF championship made me nervous. I'm like, yo, the guys that he's in the ring with, all of them could win this matchup. So where's where's that fine line in your opinion where you want to have a dominant champion but you also you want to have a dominant champion but you also want to give me one second guys my headset died go ahead buddy go ahead buddy no worries so you guys you guys get the gist of the gist of the like like gotta build gotta build up my question my question how important how is important it? Is how do you start it? Would I add new? Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. I'm trying to clear. Uh, trying to clear. You guys hear an echo? Yeah, it's still got a yeah, little, got a little warm, 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 warm right out there. Right you too. You too. Technical. Technical. All right, we're going to remove Billy from the stream for just a minute and let him get his audio issues worked out because I think it was tied to his headset issue. So, Sonny, let me ask you this, bro, because you go back to the ECW days. You were there back in 96, 97. You know, your, your dad, your your family, they, they would take you over to, to was it 2300, 16? Uh, back, back then it was Viking Hall. Now it's 2300 Arena, but back then it was Viking Hall. Okay, so so you go back to Viking Hall, the ECW days. Why is it? And we were talking about this earlier. Like, Roman's great, but you got to kind of bring the rock. You kind of got to bring Brock to give him a credible challenger. Right. Um, You had to do something similar with Lashley, even though that kind of turned around. I like what they did with Big E, but they had to bring in Goldberg. Bro, having a great champion like Charlotte, there's another example, is both a blessing and a curse. And I think it's a blessing because you always want your best talent to rise to the top. Ooh you know macho style exactly but then you've got the conundrum of trying to find credible people to oppose them 
Right. That's where I think a lot of people fail. That's really my question to Billy. How have you done it to make the challenger seem credible, credible enough to have the fans really concerned as to whether or not the champion is going to be able to retain or not? Or in this case, like with Drake, for example, for the XWE heavyweight championship at Haunted Havoc on October 23rd, Sonny, Haas, either one of you guys jump in on this one. What do people need to know about the importance of putting over the challenger for a champion that is hitting at a really, really high RPM? Either of you guys feel free to jump in on that. Well, I'll jump in here real quick, Haas, if you don't mind, bro. Okay. it, it, it starts with a good roster. You got to have good wrestlers, workers, entertainers, whatever it may be. But you got to have a good lineup from up and down, all right? And you got to build that card up. And then you take whoever that challenger is for the heavyweight title or whatever title, whatever picture we're building up here, cruiserweight, tag, whatever. And you got to have them in match after match after match and storyline, building, making sense, not jumping the gun, not quick trigger. The only time that in wrestling to me, the only time that you should have um, a title defense on a show, a champion, uh, I'll give you an example because it's popping in my head. John Cena, when he had that U.S. title and he was doing that U.S. Uh, title open challenge every Monday Night Raw, that was, that was cool. You brought in a new challenger each and every week. You didn't know who it was. That was part of the storyline. You know what I mean? But I think that's the problem with a lot of independent promotions. And Billy doesn't do this, bro. And, Renee, you can attest to this. Billy builds him up, just like you're saying. He builds him up, bro. He puts him in a storyline. And this whole thing with, with Drake Gallows, Drake is a great wrestler. But. Even better than that, he's a good storyteller. He's a great heel. Getting all and that he, heat, baby. And, 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 he, and Billy is doing a great job with XWE of building Drake up as that heel champion, bro. And shenanigan after shenanigan after DQ after DQ. And people in the crowd are pissed off and whatever. It's Billy Simmons' world, and we're just living in it. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yep. what is guy? Yo, let, let me drop a funny one for you over here that I, I missed. It said, um, he said when we were asking Billy about training, I said Billy has not been bumping or throwing that shoulder at all. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's trainees are smart kids. They're like, yeah, we're not gonna get the boss in trouble. I love it. Nah, bro. Chance. Nah. Uh, shout out to Angel. Shout out to Jenna. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Ray. Much love to all you guys. Subscribe. Follow the podcast. Who knows? Maybe you'll be the next guest. We like to show love to everybody. We've had Million Dollar Man on here, and we've had guys that are, like, in their first, like, six months to a year of wrestling training, which John will tell you, we had a friend of ours who started wrestling training, and, like, the second week he was in training, he was like, hey, y'all want to book me for the show? We're like, what? What do you think? talk about bro like <laughs> shout out to my guy chris but my man is cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> all right uh let's go ahead and bring the man of the hour back in here um because i asked him a question and i think i lost him right as i was asking the question billy go ahead and unmute yourself bro let me know how you're doing on the audio um all you gotta do is unmute yourself you should be good to go now let's give the boss a try all right. 
Can you hear us, buddy? Can you hear us, buddy? Yeah, I can still hear you. I'm trying to get these other iPod or uh, Apple Pods to work, so struggling there. No, no worries. No, no worries. Let's okay, there's a necklace. Okay, there's a necklace. We got a mini. We got a mini. We got enough time. We got enough time. We didn't get the head. Get the head on, and we'll bring you back on. All right, there you go, y'all. All right, so anyway, I, I love how his trainees jumped in and were like, "Yo, he's definitely not bumping." Just for the record. <laughs> it ain't happening. I love that. All right, so there's one quick thing I want to jump to, and then we can get back into it because I, I wanted to get your thoughts on a few other things, uh, Sunny Money. Uh, so. We talked about MLW. I don't know if you heard the news, bro. We're going to be sitting in with Court Bauer tomorrow. So dope, man. Yeah. Je- hey, jealous, flat <laughs> out. And I never say that word to you, Renee, because I'm not that type of character. That's not yeah. how I am. I don't do jealousy, but I'm very jealous of you on that one tomorrow, Dude, sir. So that's going to be dope. And Alexander Hammerstone. And, and Okay, so here's my question before I keep continue with, with the other stuff. Do you think Vice is doing these dark side of the rings to kind of throw some dirt on their competition now that they themselves are in the pro wrestling business. Hardcore Hoss, I got to get your take on this, man, because it seems odd to me that they spent the last three years, or is it two years they've been doing Dark Side of the Ring? I think it's two. Bro, they've been throwing massive dirt on the legends of pro wrestling, bro, hurting the prestige of some of the companies that we know and love for many, many years, and now they themselves are in the pro wrestling business. So I just find it to be somewhat coincidental I want to know what you guys think. Hoss, let's start with you. Oh, definitely. You know, they're they're trying to discredit some of the others and hoping that by doing that, that people are just going to start tuning into to what they're going to be showing because that's their way of building the ratings for it, I believe. And I totally agree with it. Mm. You're not cheating. You're not trying if you ain't cheating, a wise man once said. What do you think, uh, Suddy Money? I don't. I don't. Because you bring in, uh, with these dark side of the rings, uh, you got Chris Jericho um, doing the narration on it. And then Jericho was on the last couple of the dark side of the rings, giving his take on Canyon and uh, the play Ride from Hell and all that. Now, I don't think it's necessarily they're trying to uh, shovel anything on AEW, but I do think they're trying to shovel some shit on WWE. Because uh, this year, they already did the plane ride from hell episode, and then they're going to uh, cover um, the Vince steroid trial. So I really think they're just shoveling shoveling it on WWE, and that could be going back from Dark Side of the Ring season one. I'm sure um, those guys over there at Vice asked um, WWE if they could have any wrestlers to come on, um, and I'm sure WWE probably gave them the cold shoulder and said, nah, we're about to be Disney. We ain't fucking with y'all. Or whatever the case may be, <laughs> Facts. Facts. right? You know what I mean. Uh, so, I, so you're hold on, hold on. So you just said something without saying something. So you're still of the belief, and we had this conversation, Hoss. You'll remember this, like a year to eighteen months ago. Are they positioning themselves to sell? Are you of the belief that they're positioning themselves to sell, uh, Casey Superkick? I, I do. I do. Eventually, when that's going to be. All of our guesses are, are up in the air. But with um, – and hopefully someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe his name is Nick Khan. Nick Khan is now like the second in charge right. up there in WWE land. Um, and he's the guy, uh, I guess, responsible for the hiring and firing lately. And the last major round of cuts, it was all Nick Khan. Um, 
from my understanding and the dirt sheets and everything and, and, and just sitting back and, and looking at it from a bird's eye view, that's what it looks like, man. It looks like they're getting ready for life after Vince. And I don't know if it's going to be when Vince passes away or Vince gets too old and senile because last I read that Shane McMahon ain't even nothing doing with nothing with WWE anymore. So if Shane ain't doing nothing, who knows what's going on with Triple H and his health? Who knows what's going on with Stephanie? Who knows, you know, who knows? They might, McMahon's might say, okay, after 80 years, 90 years in the business, we out. Let's, you know, Let's get our billions and belts. You know what What the, the straw that broke the camel's back inevitably is going to be? When guys like Andrew Yang, politicians, guys running for president, are starting to point at you and go, your guys' business model is this and that and the other thing. And so now the spotlight is on them. And I think you kind of pull your chips away off the table before it becomes the waters become too hot or too murky. And so yep. I think all these things together, they're basically at an all-time high. I mean, I don't know if anybody noticed this. Uh, everyone's talking about AEW. Um, SummerSlam had its greatest attendance ever. They had more people at the last SummerSlam that have ever physically attended a SummerSlam. And this is still during the pandemic. Yep. So you want to talk about all oh, their ratings and this and all. Come on, bro. Stop it. Stop it. They're not even, and, and I'm not trying to turn this into an AEW versus WWE thing. But right. The two different stratosphere, bro. Yeah. I keep saying, I say it over and over. WWE is competing with Major League Baseball. They're competing with hockey. They're competing with football. They're not competing with other pro wrestling companies, but you know who is NXT and with MLW being on vice and with now two shows a week of AEW, bro, I'm running out of time in my weekly watch schedule to keep up with NXT. Right. And right. it spells doom. And now <laughs> like my man, Rick Ruby says, he said, um, I don't know if this is him or me just making it up. He said, they look like a pack of those fruit bubble gum, you know, like, <laughs> The bubble gum that fruit, no, it's not fruit by the foot, but it had the zebra. Juicy stripe or fruit stripe? Yeah, yeah. Fruit stripe. I think it was fruit Fruit stripe. Fruit stripe gum. A lot of colors, flavor goes away in like 15 (laughs) seconds. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, with NL, uh, uh, um, Major League Wrestling going to Vice, all the stuff that we're seeing uh, from AEW, uh, NWA Power is on fire. We went through their lineup featuring Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch, James Storm, Camille, yep. Kylie Ray, And then, bro, we haven't even talked about your G1. I've been dying to get the opportunity to talk about the G1 where, um, and I want to mention it, uh, Tetsuya Naito injured, unfortunately, in a match uh, for Block A against Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta took a loss to Shingo. This was, I think, last night. And Ishii beat Tongaloa. So, crazy amounts of great wrestling. And I think it may be NXT that's going to end up getting lost in the mix. Sonny, Haas, what are your thoughts on that before we bring in uh, Billy Simmons back on? Go ahead, Haas. Um, honestly, I'm not familiar with that one re- that much. So, All right, fair enough. Do you think NXT's in trouble? That's my question. NXT, uh, I-, I believe so. That's why they're trying to reinvent it is because it's in trouble. Yeah, that's why you have the 2.0. Now, is it going to work? Probably not, but, you know. (laughs) No doubt. So I'll jump in here real quick. So with the NXT, 
for a guy like myself, and Renee can attest to this, I'm quick to bash WWE nowadays. I'm quick to what they're doing instead of praising what they're doing. And um, and I'm sure you guys talked about this a couple episodes back when NXT 2.0 came out. Right. But I've actually sat down and watched a couple of these NXT 2.0 shows, and I'm more impressed with them now than what NXT was doing towards the end before they rebranded. I like when I like when NXT came out originally 2015, 14, 15, 16. I really dug it. Um, and then it kind of just got, to me, it got sour, it got stale. It was the same old thing, same old, same old thing. But what WWE did is they did something that, um, is out of the, their realm of what they do on SmackDown and what they do on Raw, the arena, the setup, the lighting, the coloring, everything, bro. I, I, I really dig, um, NXT 2.0 and the best part about it for me was, the first show, they came out and brought out um, Ron Breaker, Rick Steiner's son, son uh, guy's a rookie. He ain't made no noise in the wrestling business. And he won. But he, but he came out there, and he pinned L.A. Knight on the first reboot episode. He made a name for himself. My man's out here doing these power slams and looking like 1989 WCW Saturday night and wrecking it, bro. And I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad NXT did that, bro, because they're not doing that with too many other people in that whole WWE universe, but they did it with him. So, yeah, I hope NXT 2.0 uh, sticks around. I really do. Well, and so do I, but I'm telling you now, hopefully the rebrand works because they're in trouble with all the incredible wrestling. And, and here's the wildest thing. Not only are like let's just say the big five, right? Triple A, AEW, WWE, New Japan. Not only are they on fire, but what many would call the independents. Herb Simmons, please don't kill me for using that phrase. I know independents, pro. It's all pro wrestling, right? Where do you stand on that, Billy? Now that you're back, do, do you hate the term independent wrestling? Would you prefer it all just be referred to as professional wrestling, or to you, do you understand that there's a differentiating line between independent and pro? Because Herb Simmons, the legend, he, he said it to me. He's like, Renee, stop saying independent because you're you're putting us in a different class as what they do. And we're not in a different class. We're in the same class. We just we're playing to a different audience. What do you think about that? I, I don't disagree with Herb at all because it is professional wrestling. Um, but in the same stance is like Canadian Football League or something like that, it's not on the NFL type level. So, independents don't bother me as much when you say it. Like, I, I tell people a lot of times I run an independent promotion or I'm an independent wrestler. So, to me, it's not... Um, it's not to be frowned upon? Yeah, but... Who am I to uh, uh, question Herb Simmons? Hey, that's what I said. <laughs> I, 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 I validity too. Uh, I agree so, with that. So I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm the, I'm the same way. Hey, it made me think about it because I never thought of the term indie like the way that I think of the term Mark. Because I think some of us are trying to change the narrative on that word. Hey, yeah, I'm fine. If Mark means I'm I'm an obsessed fan, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> I drive two and a half hours. To, to walk out of the building with a migraine, and I love it. <laughs> like, it's insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, too sweet me, bro. All right, so let me go back to my question. 
And then the, the one that I was trying to ask you before we had the technical difficulty. So what have you done? And this allows me to rephrase it. So thank you. What have you done successfully that others haven't done, in my opinion, by building up challengers that actually make a credible challenger for the champion? Because we were talking in the first hour. I know you were listening about how great Roman and Charlotte and people like that are. But it sucks to a certain extent because there aren't many people that you could see as credible challengers to them because of how great they are. You've done an outstanding job. And when you went off the, the, the radar here, Sonny agreed with me. He goes, yeah, Billy's done a really good job of building up the challengers. So what would you say the secret to success or the recipe? What are you putting in the water over there at XWE that has allowed you to always have credible challengers for the KWA Heartland Championship, you know, Blade being the longest reigning champion. You know, you've done the same thing with the tag belts. You've done the same thing, obviously, with the K, uh, with the XWE Heavyweight Championship. What is the formula by your standards of building up those challengers to be credible enough to go against the champion and make it feel like, hey, there's a real chance here that we might see this title swap hands? Uh, time. So my my crowd and the people that follow XWE allows me the time to build them. So, you know, Drake Gallows has been my champion for, what did you say earlier tonight? Um, uh, 734 days as of yeah. the Saturday that he defended. So okay. now we're up to so, 750 almost. So he has been my... XWE champion for that long. He's fought many very good wrestlers, but throughout the process is long-term investment. So I think today's day and age, everything wants everything to happen now. Yeah, um, and that can that can be said with WWE too. You, everyone watches WWE every week. They're a weekly show. So y'all's expectations of when titles should change is like every way faster. People yeah, want way, a title change. Yeah. Way faster than what I get to do. I run once a month. So giving giving them time. They've done a beautiful job with Roman Reigns. A greatest thing they ever did was turn him heel. Yes, because he is a fantastic heel. Facts. And now that they're letting him run that with that title, you know, giving some good people that legitimately can people can go, man, he has a shot of beating him. But let him run with that belt and build somebody like a Cesaro who is a fantastic. Can do everything in the ring and. Should hold should hold one of those belts regardless, um, or you know there there's multiple guys up and coming that you can just put some time and investment into, and they don't have to win all the freaking time, but put some put some stock into them and build them up, and then then give them that opportunity. And I think that's the biggest thing, and um, you know, and I think. Letting the wrestlers have some input on um, some things also is a good thing. So make make them 
give them the opportunity on the mic, give them the opportunity on the ring and let them be part of the creative process. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that fair? Yeah. To a point. Now you can't, you've got people that, you know, (laughs) they're the the top people at all times. Yeah, bro. And I'm going to, I'm going to say a joke here and I got nothing but respect for my man, but somebody thumb, somebody green lighted bones off the top rope. (laughs) Somebody, (laughs) what the hell are you doing? Shout out to my man, Brandon Gomez. God, God, shout out to Pacheco. But I was like, who booked this shit? That man wanted, hey, he wanted two hot dogs that night. All right. Two hot dogs, two sodas that night, bro. He wasn't playing. He didn't want the cold hot dog that night either. He went off the top rope for the hot one, bro. And I'm not saying Bones ain't great because Bones got more followers than I do. Shout out to Bones, when man. Somebody's got to be there to go, nah, bro, maybe we don't need to do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had to inject some comedy into it. I'm sorry. I, I, did, I, did I say too much? My bad. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> All right. So next question, and uh, Haas and Sonny, you guys feel free to jump in anytime. My next question is, who are some of the guys that we haven't talked about tonight? And, and I know we got to get to Leo – and uh, and Aldrich here within the next couple of minutes. But who are some of the guys that we haven't talked about that you're looking at with your promoter eyeball or maybe even from, you know, your in-ring experience eyeball that you're like, yo, y'all better be on the lookout for these guys. I know we talked about Leo. I know we talked about Kit and Drake extensively. Who else is kind of under your umbrella? Because I also know that you went and saw the boss this weekend. So you got to talk to us about that as well. So you can hit it from any angle, bro. But, yeah, who are you seeing that we need to know about? And how was your trip down to Wichita, bro? Tell us all about it. All right, we're going to start with uh, uh, the Wichita trip, and then we'll go into some people to keep an eye on. All right. Uh, so the Wichita t- uh, trip with uh, the boss, Jerry Bostic, fan-freaking-tastic, uh, world-class is – it's in their name. They're, they're a world-class promotion. Good people. Uh, the promotion, the show they put on was phenomenal. Uh, and especially after intermission. Um, I love the Matt Hardy Fuego uh, segment and then building into the tag and letting uh, Hardy and Fuego go um, versus another team, which was great. Um but match of the night had to be uh, Jacob Fatu versus um, uh, oh, uh, Moonshine Montel. Um, That's a hoss fight if I ever heard of one. That that was one hundred percent, in my opinion, match of the night, and that can main event anywhere. Also, in my opinion, keep an eye on those two. I know they're doing some stuff with uh, MLW, um, but man, they, uh, I hadn't really, you know, I've I've seen Moonshine a couple times, uh, but I guess I was sleeping on Jacob Fatu and didn't know who he was until uh, Sunday night, and man. And guess guess who gets to interview Court Bauer tomorrow? Which is fantastic. I heard you say that. Yeah, bro, I'm excited, bro. I can't Fantastic. Remember. What they're yeah. doing over there is amazing. Um, they just need to keep pushing, keep working. 
I, I love everything they're they're working on and um, some talent there too. We need to get the boss back yeah. on. That's for sure. You do need to get Jerry Boss to go. Yeah. Good dude. Good dude. Yeah, man, he's been great to us every time he's come on. So um, I know we're running low on time, and I want to be respectful, even though we had the technical difficulties. Uh, Sonny, any questions, thoughts, or or concerns before we start wrapping this thing up? Because guess what, you and me, Billy, we're actually we actually got some beef tonight. Oh, we got beef. Tonight, you and me get to go one on one in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Games. Oh shit! Right? Oh you, shit! And if you beat me, bro. You get to choose from a honky tonk man action figure or a wrestle talk podcast mug. So the stakes are high, my guy. You feel me? <laughs> Let's do it, baby. All right. Uh, what do you got for us, Sonny? Hey, man, no questions or nothing. I'm going to be looking forward to your guys' game show challenge there, man. That's going to be a really good one. But uh, no questions or anything. I'm glad you guys got Billy Simmons on. It's it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad he's back on Wrestle Talk podcast. Um, and I'm looking forward to Haunted Havoc, man. I'm gonna be in the building as a fan, as whatever. I'm gonna be in that building. I can't wait to see that show. Uh, Billy Simmons, you'll always have a fan of me, man. Keep holding it down over there at XWE, and I'm gonna be out there supporting you regardless, my guy. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, man. Before you go, Sonny, you gotta do us one favor. You're famous for this now. You got to give us that Joel Gertner, Sonny Mayo edition of the Well, Well, Well. Yo, the fans out there in Salina started that, bro. I didn't even notice did. I was doing it, but they were like, they kept saying it, kept saying it. So I had to, so I have to bust it out one time. It'll be a well, well, well. Yo, Joel Gertner, man, ECW. That was my shit right there, man. Yo, that was it. That was it. That was it. Well, I'll be be looking forward to the game show challenge. Hardcore Hawks, you're the man. Night Owl, you're the man. Billy Simmons, you're always the man, man. Thank you guys so much for letting me come on and talk with you guys. I'm going to hop off of here. I'm going to watch the game show challenge. I got a couple things in my house I got to get going, but I'm having my phone in my hand. Uh, Billy, do me a favor. Kick the night ass ass for me, bro. Kick his fucking ass, dog. (laughs) Kick his ass, please. Get out of here, bro. There we go. All right, Hoss. It's time, baby. It's time for tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Do your thing, Hoss. Take it away. Explain the rules. Play the music. Let's do this. All right. Welcome to this week's installment of the World Famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Tonight, tonight's contestants are the Wrestle Talks Podcast. The Night Owl, Renee Martinez, and Billy Simmons. In a few moments, we'll ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out the answer. Tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is Central States Champions from July 1948 until 1989. Central Central States. So we're clear. You're going to give us clues about these wrestlers, and as soon as we know the answer, we just shout it out, right? That's right. Okay. All right. And two out of three falls wins. Okay, gotcha. You good on that, Billy? I'm good on that. All right, let's do this it. Was, this was a hard, hard spot. It's a hard topic. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All if this right. If on food, I think it would be extremely competitive. I'm just... <laughs> 
It's All right. Well, before we before we get started, let's hit that game show challenge music. All right. Are we ready, gentlemen? Let's go, Hoss. We ready. You ready, Billy? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. The late WWE Hall of Famer held the NWA Central States Championship on eight separate occasions, placing him third on the all-time list behind Sonny Myers and Bulldog Bob Brown. He also held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on seven different occasions. He managed Lex Luger and Big Van Vader. Bobby Heenan is incorrect. Was it Bob Backlund? Bob Backlund is incorrect. Okay, he he managed Lex Luger. Hold on, I'm out. My people in the comment section, if you know the answer, please do not post it until after. I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't let us cheat. Don't help us cheat. Go ahead, continue, Hoss. What do you got? Okay, so he managed Lex Luger and Big Van Vader to the WCW. Yeah, DiBiase. No. World yeah. Heavyweight Championship. And was a former WWF King of the Ring. He also ran his own promotion, World League. the King Lawler. No. World League Wrestling. Harley Race. Whoa, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, baby, let's go. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's go. All right, all right. Harley Whoa. Race was correct. Well, a lot of people have used the moniker of the king in wrestling. A lot of people have used that. Well, I'm glad you got that because I was out of clues there. Okay. <laughs> all right. As soon as you said WLW, you already know they're fam with us. So, yeah. Yeah. Question number two. This professional wrestler was a two-time former NWA Central States champion. He went on to win the WWF Tag Team Championship with the 1-2-3 Kid and the WWF Intercontinental Championship. He also held the AWA Tag Team Championship and on two occasions with longtime tag team partner, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Diesel? Triple H? No. No. Uh, Marty Jannetty? Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Woo, here we go, baby. I don't usually win these, Billy, so maybe it was the (laughs) I tell you what, that was two falls, so the Night Owl has officially won. But just just so hopefully he won't sweep you. Let's do the third question and see All if right, we can get hard, one. bro. Question number three. In January 1984, this WWE Hall of Famer won the NWA Central States Championship. He went on to be a member of the Four Horsemen. Presently, you can see him on All Elite Wrestling as manager. No, as the manager of FTR. God damn it, we had him on the show. We had him on the show. Tully Blanchard. Correct. 
Oh, I almost I'll had swing to for you, bro. I was this close, bro. I would have never let you hear the end of this. I know. <laughs> Good job, bro. I heard that for the next year and a half. It was right there. I had it right there. <laughs> All right, but the night out did officially win tonight. So let's hit that winner's music. Wow, what an amazing puzzle. Bro, the last time you were here, you won. So you're one and one in the game show challenge. Not bad. Lifetime, I think I'm like 14 and like 60 something. It's really bad. (laughs) It's really terrible. Let me have my moment in the sun. It won't last. Trust me. Well, Billy, before you go, man, two last bits of business. If somebody that you met on the street and never heard about you or the KWA or XWE or Haunted Havoc, give us the 30-second to a minute-long elevator pitch of what you would tell this person who was maybe wearing like a like a Bullet Club shirt, right? Like, bro, you like wrestling? What would you say to them? Because I get to see and hear that passion from you every time we talk. But I can only imagine it would be like if somebody that you'd never met before. What would you say to that person talking to the camera? Because you got a lot of people watching now that maybe have never been to an XWE show. And what you say now maybe could sway them to show up and, and show some love. Man, if, if you want to see professional wrestling in the Midwest, the best of my ability and the group around me ability, come to XWE Presents Haunted Havoc. We have a phenomenal show with main event inside a 15-foot-high steel cage. Now, you got to say it how you said it at Shockwave. They had me mad at Shockwave, bro. bro. You got (laughs) my skills going, bro. And they had me mad at Shockwave. But anyways, you want to fight? It's going to be inside a 15-foot-high steel cage. Drake Gallows, Kent Reaver, one last time. And Rebel Hearts versus the Burger Knockout Kings. Kings. Yeah, name. No, I'm sorry. They're not. Whoa. I'm sorry. Not I know biased. I'm supposed to be unbiased, but they're mean, bro. They're never nice to me. I just want to know. They're, they're, they're mean enough to hold tag titles. That's all I know. No, no doubt about it. They're kick-ass dudes. Um, also, Tino Valentino will be in action defending the Liberty Championship, maybe. Unfortunately, Tino cannot be there, but he will be at December 4th when KWA comes to Hutchinson, Kansas, Kansas inside the historic Memorial Hall. Is that the super show where Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton will be there? Is, it, is that the rumors I've been hearing? Are those accurate? Super show. That Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton will be at. Yeah, baby, heard it here first. How you like that? And the last and most important thing I want to ask you about is Leo versus Calvin. We've kind of touched on it like very, very briefly. But, bro, what is up with these two guys? They disrupted your show not once but twice at Shockwave. I know you finally figured out a way to settle the beef. What the hell is going on between Calvin Aldridge and Leo Dioria. 
man. So this started a long time ago. You know, uh, Leo D hurt his neck really bad um, and had to like officially step away from wrestling. And Calvin Aldridge come out during his promo at XWE stepping away from wrestling that we all thought was for good. Yeah, me too. And just laughed at him and made fun of him and told him to get out of his ring. And they and it was just horrible. Well, when, when Leo D came back, I think it, uh, dry is driving Calvin Aldridge. So nuts. It's driving him crazy that he attacked him from the fans in a hooded sweatshirt. And then this last show, they came out through the curtain, almost interrupting the national anthem. Through the curtain, they came fighting to the ring. Mr. Curtis came out, got them separated, scheduled this match, and they, uh, they're they going to go best of five series, and Leo D got gets to choose whatever he wants as that first stipulation for match one at Haunted Havoc. That's going to be good. And you know what? I used to be a huge fan of Calvin Aldridge. All of a sudden, he's turned into a selfish prick. And uh, we have a Hall of Famer that also can summarize how I feel about uh, Calvin Aldridge. Fucking There you go. <laughs> the legendary Iron Sheik. All right. Last bit of business before we go, Billy. Been an awesome interview. The technical difficulties didn't last nearly as long as I think you think they did. That stuff goes rather quickly, and we were able to get into some great topics while you were gone. So don't worry about that. I think it's been outstanding conversation. Here's the last bit of business and the most important thing. Number one, promise us you won't be a stranger. We'd love to hear from you just before December 4th so you can give us a full breakdown of what that card's going to look like if you're cool with that. And if I can get you and Adam Pena together for that interview, that'd be awesome because you guys are doing that in in tandem, right? It's going to be a KWA Super Show. Okay, so if we can get both you guys on that night, that would be fantastic. And number two, bro – Thank you for being a loyal and longtime member of the WrestleTalk family. You've always taken care of me when I come into your hometown. Hopefully, if you come into my hometown one day, bro, I'll be able to return the favor. But your your hospitality, you're a great host, but you're also a no-nonsense guy. The guys know, you know, where where that line is with you, with the joking and stuff like that. You know, there's a certain point in the show or, or when you're doing that meeting, right, that you're like, okay, enough. Time to get to business, and everybody understands and respects that. And I want to let you know you've earned that from the members of the pro wrestling community, the, the the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and from me in particular. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought you my best friend, which thank you for giving him the opportunity, bro. So we love you, Billy. Thank you, bro. You're part of the fam. I hope you know that. I, I greatly appreciate that. Wonderful. I love what you're doing. Keep pushing that envelope. Keep bringing professional wrestling talk conversation. People are listening. They're hearing. We all love it. Keep it up, man. And I yes. will be back. I tell you what, yes, that December 4th show, get me back because that's going to be beautiful. Woo, we'll book it a week or two before then, and maybe we can even bring some talent on. And, and I'll tell you what, bro, I'm looking forward to it because you and me, we're going to have us a couple core cervezas after an amazing show, and you can take that to the bank, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Billy, man. Have a good night. Thank you for being here, bro. Love y'all too. Thank you, everyone. Have a great time. Great. Hardcore Hoss, have a good night, buddy. My Thank boy, Night Owl. Love you, bro. Have Let's a good one. Work. You got it, man. I'll holla at you. Peace.
Hardcore Haas, another legendary edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And you know what that number behind me says? It's a little small to read, but uh... it's 365. Uh-huh. And, and I don't mean literally what it says. Figuratively, it means that I have spent a literal year worth of shows behind this camera. That's 365 times roughly 2.25 hours. And 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 I don't regret one second of it. I, I don't. And I'm gonna do a little Mexican math here. Uh-oh. 365 multiplied by 2.25 is 821 hours and some change is what I have dedicated to you guys on camera. And the amount of time it takes for us to find these guests, work on the the social media aspect of what we do, try to put together a great presentation has always been worth it to me. You know why, John? Because if you love something, love isn't a thought or a feeling. It's an action, right? And what we do is we try to give our perspective to add to the pro wrestling universe. And we do that every single Tuesday right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I thank you. I think the callers, the listeners, the guests, even the haters, because the haters have made me want to push our game to the next level. And more than anything else, man, our beautiful wives and our families that support us as we do this, this passion of ours that is professional wrestling. Thank you, John. Thank you, Dick Douglas. Thank you, Maestro. Thank you, Luke Skywalker Roberts, Chris Rodell, and Nightmare Jones, who was supposed to be here tonight to share some unfortunate news with you guys. Um, But he's not going to be able to be here, and he may not be here for the next couple of weeks or maybe even longer than that. So on tonight's show, I end with a bit of sad news in that Joe Nightmare Jones will no longer be a regular host on the WrestleTalk podcast for many, many different reasons. Um, But the most important one is is that he needs the time to take care of things that go far beyond professional wrestling. So God bless you, Joey. We love you. The show wouldn't exist without you. It wouldn't exist without Rick Rose. God bless Rick and his soul up in heaven. Um, Thank you for giving us the foundation to put the pillars in the ground so that this could be the greatest podcast around, as Joey would say. We love you guys. We thank you guys. John, any final words? Um, just thank you guys for, you know, what you do. Thank the viewers and everybody, you know, I I am, I feel very privileged to be a part of the wrestle talk podcast. And, uh, I absolutely love the wrestle talk podcast family. So, uh, hate to see Joey step away, but you know, we love you, Joey, and, uh, look forward to when you can host with us again. So. Make sure y'all send Joe some love. He needs it. On our way to episode 400, ladies and gentlemen, I am the Night Owl. He is Hardcore Hoss. Thank you very much to Luke Skywalker Roberts for his contributions with the Trivia Challenge and the Maestro for joining us in the first hour to talk about the draft. Obviously, Sonny Money Mayo, Sis, Joseph Bell, Grace. Um, Who else did we have? Chance was on with us today. Joseph Ball was on with us today. Aaron Wallace, Nick Luke. 
Um, and the list goes on and on. We are internally indebted to you guys. My man, Ruff, Scott Rathbun from Rathbun Engraving. Get your mugs today. You know what it is. Night Owl, Hardcore Hall, signing off. You guys have a wonderful evening. And um, I may be able to still pull this off. Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. No, I, I guess I got rid of it already. I was going to show you guys the rest of that Bearcat uh, matchup, but we'll maybe show you the first part of that next week on the show make sure you guys tune back in and if you miss us too much just go to wrestletalkpodcast.com we are there 24 7 thank you guys again we love you and we'll see you again next tuesday at 7 p.m central time 8 p.m eastern good night peace